We have high hopes for the Pelicans this season, maybe the most hyped ever, but the defense could be the thing that holds them back. How will they struggle and what can they do to succeed? It's opening night here on Locked On Pelicans. Let's go. You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts and available on YouTube. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at NOLA, Jake on Twitter, here with y'all on Wednesday, opening night for the Pelicans, they take on the Brooklyn Nets. It's finally here. We've been hyped all off season. We've had a ton of coverage, whether it was the draft, the lottery, free agency, looking at this season, the biggest players, the biggest stories, and it's finally arrived. But we've got one more story to cover, and that's the defense, because I think this is going to be one of the most important things for the Pelicans if they want to have a successful season. So we're going to break it all down. What they looked like last year, what we're expecting them to look like this year, where they will struggle, where they can succeed, and other things they can do and key players involved in this. But before we get to all of that, today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code Locked On. That's prizepicks.com, promo code Locked On. And of course, thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here, available Monday through Friday completely free wherever you get your podcast in YouTube. Comment down below. Are you worried about the defense for the Pelicans this season? All right, let me pull up my notes because I got a lot of them here. I wrote like 800 words to plan out today's show. So we know the offense is going to be good. The offense should be top five, best in the league. With Zion out there, Brandon Ingram out there, CJ McCollum out there, other shooters on this team, a very solid center in Jonas Valanciunas. Secondary ball handlers all around. This offense is frightening. I don't know how anyone's going to be able to guard some of the things that they're going to be able to do. Whether it's a small ball lineup, the traditional starting lineup, and with this team playing faster, look out league. But all those things I just said are going to play a factor in on the defensive side of the ball too. And while offense will get you into the postseason, if you want to win a title, it's got to be with your defense. Since 2013, only one team has won the title while finishing outside the top 10 in defensive rating. You really need to be in the top five. Defensive rating is points given up per 100 possessions. So this is not the same if you're a new listener or someone kind of new to the NBA and some of the stats that we look at. This is not even close to the same thing as points per game. This equalizes it for possessions per 100 possessions. The Pelicans in terms of defensive rating last year were 19th. But there were signs that they could have been better than that or were better than that. Post-All-Star, they were actually ranked in the top 10. This defense ranked 9th in the 23 games post-All-Star break. But that was kind of built around a lot of length and athleticism. Jackson Hayes and Jonas Valanciunas were the starting frontcourt. Neither of them is a particularly amazing defender. But with a team scheme built around length and athleticism, they worked their arms, their size, just simply work to deny the rim just enough. 
And we'll get back to rim protection in a minute. But with length at every position, you had Herb Jones at the two, Brandon Ingram at the three, Jackson Hayes, Jonas Valanciunas. That's a lot of length, a lot of arms out there too. The defense thrived because with all of those long arms, the Pelicans could recover if they had gotten beaten and slow down and contest guys just enough. It even allowed them to kind of hide C.J. McCollum, who's not a plus defender, but in a team scheme, if he's your fifth guy, even your fourth guy, you can get away with that. He chases through and behind screens somewhat well. But now with Zion Williamson starting, taking the place of Jackson Hayes, things change. And preseason has been a mixed bag when it comes to defense. So things are going to have to be somewhat different this year. Likely the starters are going to play something called uh, play a lot of something called drop coverage. This is where the man who's defending the screen setter, likely a big and likely Jonas Valanciunas, drops to about the free throw line or maybe a little bit below it, a little bit above it, to basically try and take away a dribble drive from the ball handler. So big sets the screen for your guard. Guard curls around the screen with a little bit of space to try and go and attack the rim. But Jonas Valanciunas sags off, drops down to the free throw line, and tries to cut off that driving angle, that driving lane. And Valanciunas is effective here. Being such a big dude, he provides a little bit of rim protection and deterrence. He's not good at it. He's not out there blocking tons of shots, right? But with him out there, they can't really switch positions one through five, where instead of fighting through the screen or dropping back, you just go, oh, there's a screen coming. You take my guy, I'll take yours. So big man on a guard, let's say, or a wing, and a guard on the big man who is setting the screen. That doesn't really work with Jonas Valanciunas out there on the court. So they go with drop coverage. It's all right. This is predominantly what the Pelicans did a lot of last year. And 19th isn't the worst. You're in the middle of the pack. You'd like them to be in the top 10, but they're not in the bottom 10. And eventually they wait for an opportunity to recover and kind of switch back if they're denying the ball handler getting into the paint and things work. If the Pelicans want to hover in the range they were last year in terms of defensive ranking, which they don't, this is fine. One of the big concerns about this is you might give up too many threes. With that big man dropping back, the guard coming off the screen is going to have a lot of space. And if he just stays on the three-point line, he's going to have an open three-point shot. And the Pelicans last year were not great when it came to opponents' three-point shooting. This is something they struggled with for a couple of years now. And in fact, they ranked, let me pull the number up, 27th out of 30 in ter- or sorry 26 out of 30 in terms of opponent three point percentage the team shot 36 and a half percent against them but this does a decent enough job of not letting the opponents take too many makes they ranked 18th in terms of attempts so it's serviceable enough for them to play drop coverage like that. You know, Valanciunas eats rebounds, and so if teams are missing, they did a good job of getting those defensive boards. Hayes and Valanciunas down low, a lot of length. They were the seventh best defensive rebounding team in the league. So when teams miss, you get the board, and then you go on your way. You don't always get to run and in transition if you're doing this, turning that defense into offense, but in terms of just simply terminating a possession, ending an opponent's possession... This is a method that works and what the Pelicans with their starting lineup this year are likely going to employ. Now, if they want to mix things up, change up their coverage to maybe something a little bit more effective, they have options with some of the guys off the bench. So let's look at that coming up here next in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. Before we do that, though, today's episode of Locked on Pelicans is brought to you by Prize Picks. 
Tonight, I'm taking Luka Doncic to score more than 26.5 points, LeBron James to have more than 7.5 rebounds, Kevin Durant way less than 6.5 assists, Steph Curry to have more than 3.5 three-pointers made. Daily Fantasy Made Easy, that is what prize picks is. It's super easy to play. You pick two to five players, and if they will go and score more or less than their prize picks projection, you can win up to 10 times on your money on any entry. And the best part of this is you're not competing against other people. It's just you versus the projections available. You see the numbers. You pick more than that or less than that. Super simple. You're not going up against professional gamblers, people who do this for a living. And PrizePix offers projection on any sport you want to watch. NBA, NFL, MLB, NHL, whatever it is, they have it. Boxing, disc golf, cricket, even more than that too. And entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. Plus, they offer safe and fast withdrawals, and they're currently operational in over 30 states in Canada. So download the PrizePix app or go to prizepix.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports first-time users can receive a 100 instant deposit match up to 100 with promo code locked on if you deposit 100 bucks they're going to give you 100 bucks you deposit 50 they will give you 50 don't forget use the promo code locked on and sign up for an instant deposit match up to 100 dollars and thank you for making locked on pelicans your first listen today and every day it's game day and we're talking defense, getting you set. Now for your second listen, NBA game to game. Game to game, NBA. Every moment, every top performance, every result. Game to game covers the game, every game from across the league uh, with local analysis that only Locked On can deliver. I butchered that and I'm so sorry, Locked On. And this is a show that I'm on. Basically, we all do a minute or two minute video after every game with our kind of take on what it was. And they're going to run all of those in a row. So I will be on this tomorrow. You'll hear me with my Pelican side. Then you'll hear the Nets host with his side of everything. If you didn't get to watch games, it's a great way to get the local analysis that only Locked On can give you. So go follow Game to Game on Locked On NBA. It's available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. And on Wednesdays, I co-host Locked On NBA. Opening night was a lot of fun. We got to laugh at the Lakers on that one. So give Locked On NBA on Wednesdays a listen if you don't already. I'm going to plug that again later in the show. Today, we are talking defense here with the Pelicans, what their starters are going to likely do. That's not an elite unit. It's not an elite unit. Yeah, you have Herb Jones in there who is amazing. Blocks and steals, stocks, if you want to combine them into one word, and that's really useful. But the Pelicans still struggle on the defensive side of things. In terms of blocks per game, they were 26 out of 30. They got about four per game. So you, they don't, you don't have a lot of rim protection there because a lot of those blocks are coming from Herb Jones and none of the bigs down low keeping people away from the basket, those easy high percentage looks. That is going to be a problem for teams. Drop coverage, you can do that and try to do that, but you're not going to be playing Jonas Valanciunas 35 minutes per game. He's going to probably be under 30 this year. So you're going to need to deal with this in other ways. And Valanciunas isn't an elite rim protector. There's some rim deterrence, which is what I would call it, because he's a big dude with big arms that can swat some things if they come up. But it's not like he's making highlight block and play after play or doing anything close to say what Rudy Gobert is going to be doing with the Minnesota Timberwolves this year. He's a rim protector and it's won him three, four defensive players of the year, whatever it might be. That's why he got traded for essentially six first round picks. So as the season wound down last year and defense became important and defense and your effort on that and the need for that to do well ramps up, you know, in postseason games, you saw head coach Willie Green really leaned heavily on defensive guys on the bench. Najee Marshall, Tony Snell, Jose Alvarado, Larry Nance Jr., particularly in the playoffs. The reason he threw Tony Snell out there in that game against the Clippers was to get some 
defense because he kind of tried to rely on the veteran and that didn't really work whatsoever. So some of that worked, right? Alvarado was a good defensive player. He just makes plays as a nose for the ball. Larry Nance Jr. gives you a lot more switchability than a guy like Jonas Valanciunas does. And now you can put Trey into this group too with his shooting. And while Trey's defense hasn't been amazing in the preseason, the length helps the Pelicans replicate what worked so well for them last year. Jose is going to also get plenty of run. And again, he just makes plays. And the Pelicans want to get out in transition, run, and play fast. And that's going to mean you're going to need steals or blocks on the perimeter if you're Herb Jones. So you should see those type of players get into the game early because your starting lineup of CJ, Brandon Ingram, Herb Jones, or Herb Jones at the two, Brandon Ingram at the three, Zion at the four, and Jonas Valanciunas at the five just isn't going to really be good enough defensively. But I want to talk more about that group and what we need to see from them in the third segment. So the next one coming up here. So when you look at the bench and the guys that could really make an impact on the defensive side of the ball, there's a name that's going to jump out at you. And I haven't mentioned him yet. And that's Dyson Daniels. And that's a big reason of why... A lot of us are very high on him and think he's going to be taking someone's spot in the rotation or people are going to lose some minutes to Dyson as the season goes on. Defensively, he looks NBA ready and it's very rare for a pick in the first round, really any rookie whatsoever, let alone what Herb Jones did last year, to be NBA ready on defense or be like a neutral defender. It usually takes three years for players to kind of come into their own defensively. Usually takes high draft picks about two and a half to three years to really start influencing wins on a team too. But it does seem like Dyson Daniels is going to be in position where he has an opportunity to start doing that his rookie year. Willie Green has shown that he isn't scared to play young guys if they pay attention on defense and do their things. Herb Jones, anyone? That's what got him into the starting rotation, not on Herb. So the Pelicans have a guy in Dyson Daniels that gives you some size in the backcourt, which they're currently lacking, can maybe guard multiple positions. And if he's good enough offensively, you can play him. And so I would not be shocked if he ends up being a real kind of secret weapon for this team. Is he already the fifth best defender on it? You have Herb, right? You have Jose, you have maybe Trey, maybe Larry Nance Jr., depending on how you feel about them in some order, and then Dice Dyson, dare I say it? I think there's a possibility that he's that high in their kind of defensive order a lot. And with his length at the guard position, you have small ball options. Larry Nance Jr. is a much different defensive big than Valanciunas is. You can switch with that. We even saw a little bit of this in the Miami Heat game when Larry Nance Jr. didn't play. You didn't have Valanciunas. And so the backup center at times was Zion, and they went with Zion at the five. And they switched everything. So instead of drop coverage, instead of kind of hedging and recovering, which you can do too, they just switched. And it mildly worked at times and then they got their lunch taken a couple of times too where Bam Adebayo just wrecked them with that partially because Zion despite that one first preseason game where he looked good defensively isn't a positive defensive player but Larry Nance Jr. is so if you sub Jonas Valanciunas out you keep the rest of the starting lineup in place and throw Larry Nance Jr. in there it changes your defensive scheme entirely if you take someone out, and I don't know who that would be for Dyson Daniels in there, you have more switchability. You don't need to worry about CJ McCollum, let's say, on a small forward where he's giving up four or five inches and he's already a subpar defender and now he's going to get schooled there. Dyson, at least with his size, can contest better and things like that. 
So they have options for small ball and to play a more switch heavy scheme while still having enough offense out there. And I think that's important. This is an area where they can improve. If one of those small ball lineups sticks and works, and maybe it's with Trey at the five, though I don't really think that's something they're ready to do yet. It's likely Larry Nance Jr. at the five at the center spot. They can improve, especially for spurts and give teams fits with both offense and defense out there on the court. That's something that will help that defensive ranking, getting it creeping more towards the top 10 with some of those players. The guys I just mentioned, I think are going to be high up in the rotation because this team doesn't need a traditional six-man score. You have Brandon Ingram, Zion Williamson, and CJ McCollum. Instead of building a lineup that's bad defensively around you know some bench player, Rotate them all through till you get the right type of defensive personnel out there with your offensive guys and something that gives you the right kind of balance. And the Pelicans have options for that. So this roster has a lot of malleability to it, a lot of flexibility to it, I think, for that to potentially be the case. So right there, you're looking at some opportunities for the ranking to improve. But there's also some other things you really, really need to see, particularly from Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson. But there's also part of their offense that's going to help them too. Transition defense is not something we've talked about yet. That's going to come into play a lot this year. Let's talk about those things coming up here next in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. And thank you for making Locked on Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday like no one else is completely free, breaking down everything you want to know about this team. I got a primer if you're a new listener that came out yesterday, the Monday episode. Everything you need to know about this team, how we got here, the biggest players, all of that stuff. If you're a new listener, you're new to following the team, give that episode a listen. Also, give an episode of the, uh, give a listen to the episode with Antonio Daniels over the summer, the day that Zion signed his extension. Now for your second listen, Locked On NBA. The NBA season is here. We got an air ball from James Harden. We got the Lakers looking real rough out there. Marcus Smart almost getting in a fight with Joel Embiid. And our local NBA experts and insiders have you covered on and off the court all season long. All the biggest stories around the NBA every Monday through Friday in less than 30 minutes. Available on YouTube, Odyssey, wherever you get your podcasts. Locked On NBA. It's our national show. This thing gets tons of listens. I get to host every Wednesday and it's awesome. So make sure you give a listen to the Wednesday episode of Locked On NBA. That's that's today. Okay, today we are talking about the Pelicans defense. Yes, it's game day, but I think this is so important. We have to focus on this, but I hope you're all going to be watching the game tonight. You know we're going to be here tomorrow recapping that for you, talking about what I saw, what we want to see the team doing uh, going forward. But today we're talking about the defense. So what else needs to happen for them to be a better defensive team? Herb Jones is going to be Herb Jones, but he needs some help on the defensive side of the ball from the other starters. Those are the guys that are going to play the most minutes, and there's concerns about what they're going to be able to do, particularly when it comes to perimeter defense, things like that. Ideally, you'd like Brandon Ingram, who did get better last season, or Zion Williamson to take a leap defensively. This is more likely going to be the case for B.I. than it will be Zion. Zion looked good in that first game with effort, and that's half the battle here, but he's not a good defensive player yet. Maybe with time, if he can make some highlight plays, that's great, but he's just not there. We saw his defense be particularly bad against the Miami Heat, just missing some obvious backdoor cuts, really not able to defend in space against like not amazing players either. Might have just been preseason game fatigue, those things, but it's a concern. In terms of Brandon Ingram, 
it's it's this is the year where he's got to take that step forward. He cared more than he ever did last season on defense watching him. He was not a bad defender. I don't think I'd necessarily call him a good defender, but he's not a bad defender. But with all the physical tools he has, it feels like he should be more like Kevin Durant on that side of the ball, and he's just not. This is the year for him to really go forward with that, and that lineup needs it. They need another really solid, lengthy perimeter defender. If Brandon Ingram can do that on a nightly basis, heck, I'd even take every other game. This team can really improve on the defensive side of the ball and look more like a contender as the season goes on. Another thing to consider is transition defense. Slowing down fast break opportunities. It's going to be a little bit tougher this year. The take foul has been eliminated, meaning fast breaks are going to happen more and more. So there's more of an emphasis to try and, well, prevent those from happening in the first place. So last year, they were not great. They were slightly below average when it came to transition defense. But with this team wanting to play faster offensively, the defense is going to stay back and get set even off a missed shot. You know, off live rebounds this past year, this team was bad defensively because they played offense in the half court a lot. So all of their guys are on one side of the court there. They miss a shot and the other team just gets it and goes and they don't get back quick enough. That was a problem. But think about it this year from something we've seen from them offensively and something they're going to do. And Willie Green has said that they are going to do, and that's play faster, look for early shot clock takes. They look like at times the seven second or less suns. You've seen someone get a defensive board or a steal, kick the ball up and try and get it to a shooter in one of the corners. Then that person launches a shot and like six seconds have elapsed off the shot clock. Well, if they're doing that and passing the ball up, you probably have three, maybe even four players really lagging behind and not that far out. One dude is flying up the court to try and get in position to get that pass and get that shot off before a defender is near him. Well, if he takes that shot and misses it, everyone's back because no one's gotten up the court that quickly. So they just get back, they get set. And this Pelicans team last year in the half court defensively wasn't horrible. They were decent. They weren't good, but they weren't horrible. So by playing faster in transition, taking a lot of those shots, even if they missed them, It's not like someone can get the defensive rebound and then just slice through the defense and go. They're going to be back. They're going to be set. That at least improves things a little bit. They're not horrible in drop coverage and what they want to do, guarding the pick and roll and things like that. So I think that alone is also going to help, just what they want to do offensively and where their players will be positioned out there on the court. But it really, if they want to be an elite defense, is going to take guys like Brandon Ingram, Zion Williamson, stepping up, to be better defenders and really elevating that first unit. Because with CJ there too, there's a couple of guys that you worry about. The offense is going to be fine. But if you want to be a true contender, you've got to elevate the defense. They get a chance tonight against Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, the rest of that uh, Brooklyn Nets team, Ben Simmons maybe too. Oh boy. It's going to be a tough test, but I'm excited. And I hope you're going to tune in tomorrow for us to recap the game, win or lose, and really get our first true look at the Pelicans team that we've been talking a lot about this offseason. So the regular season is here. I'm excited. I know you're excited. Make sure Locked on Pelicans, you're subscribed and it's your first listen today and every day tomorrow and every day too. And as always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. Enjoy the game and I'll see you all tomorrow.